When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, your host of Let's Ride Your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast as a part of the Steel Curtain Network, which is a part of the Fans First Sports Network. In case you didn't know, FFSN is live and off the ground, and I'm really excited for something I want to plug. Coming up on April 3rd, it's going to be the first full week in the month of April, we're going to be debuting the NFL podcast feed. You might hear some... Steel Curtain Network voices there. You might hear some new voices. They're going to be talking about more league-wide stuff and not necessarily just the minutia pertaining to the Pittsburgh Steelers. So if you're looking for a new podcast to digest, that will be one for you to check out at your leisure. Uh, The one thing to keep in mind is that there are not going to be as many shows as our feed. It's just probably going to be one show a day, Monday through Friday, to start. Maybe it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday to start, and then we build it out. We will let you know more details, but I want to keep you on the lookout for that. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at FFSN underscore NFL. That is the official Fans First Sports Network NFL feed. And make sure you follow us, the Steel Curtain Network, on all your social media platforms. Just search Steel Curtain Network. You will find us. That's Facebook. That is on Instagram. And that is also on Twitter. All right. Got a lot of stuff to talk about today. And the big news that happened today, honestly... Ties in perfectly with what I wanted to talk about in this podcast. And the news was that Terrell Edmonds, he took to his social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter. I don't know if he has a Facebook page or not, but he essentially said, hey, thanks. Thanks, Pittsburgh. Thanks, the coaches for drafting me, the organization, the fans, teammates. It's been a great run. Thank you very much. Well, everyone sees that and they think, hmm, this is interesting. Everyone kind of assumed that this would uh, this that he was coming back. I mean, heck, in the second half of the show, when I have Jeremy Jerome Betts on, and we had pre-recorded his segment due to some scheduling conflicts this week, I asked him if he thinks Terrell Edmonds will be back. So clearly, we know that it's looking like he's not. And then you have Jerry Dulac of the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. He comes out and he says he's not. He, he they sources they they basically confirm this. He's not going to be back. So that's pretty interesting. I think a lot of us, myself included, just assumed that Terrell Edmonds would come back. And it all, like I said, it all ties in with the theme for today's show. And that is that despite the free agent signings, there should be concern for this Steelers defense in 2023. You know, I talked about on Wednesday 
how fans should be excited about the offense. You may not be on that boat. You may think that the offense is going to be dismal again because of Matt Canada, or maybe you don't believe in Kenny Pickett, or maybe you don't like the skill position players. Whatever the reason, it doesn't matter. You may be a skeptic when it comes to the offense. Maybe you could say that right now what I'm about to do is being a skeptic about the defense. And what you have to understand is that when you talk about Terrell Edmonds reportedly, at least being and this is being recorded, it's reportedly he's, he's leaving, that it just intensifies my concerns about the defense this season, this upcoming season. And now this is before the draft, all right? This is – I. anyone that's out there is like, well, Jeff, like they still have to go through the draft. I understand that. I'll talk about that in a little bit. But at the same time, right now, these are just my feelings. And it's just me. You may disagree. That's fine. We're all entitled to our opinion. But let's take a look defensively at the players lost and also the players gained. So players lost, you have Cam Sutton, Robert Spillane, Devin Bush, Malik Reed, and now Terrell Edmonds you can add to that list. Remember, these are just defensive players. The players gained, you have Larry Ogunjobi, Cole Holcomb, Landon Roberts, Patrick Peterson, and DeMonte KZ, which, by the way, has not been made official. We assume, but it has not been made official. Just wanted to clear that up. So you look at the players lost, players gained, they, they, they negate each other, five each way. However, when I look at the, the roster, the projected roster on the defensive side of the ball, take a listen to this, okay? Defensive line, you have like a Montrevious Adams, Cam Hayward, DeMarvin Leal, Larry Ogunjobi, Isaiah Loudermilk. Okay, we'll talk about it. Let's move on. Outside linebacker, TJ Watt, Alex Highsmith, Quincy Roche, and Jameer Jones. Inside linebacker, you have a Landon Roberts, Cole Hokum, and you have Mark Robinson. Cornerback, Patrick Peterson, Arthur Millette, Levi Wallace. You have Akello Witherspoon still on the roster. Safety, Minka Fitzpatrick, DeMonte KZ, Trey Norwood. So what I want to do is that when you talk about the starters here, I'm fine with the Steelers' defense. I mean, you talk about Ogunjobi, Hayward. They're really good. You talk about Watt and Highsmith. Yes. Believe it or not, inside linebacker, I think, will be better than we all think it will be. Cornerback. You have those three guys there, Minka, KZ, I like it. But my gosh, where's the depth? Where's the depth that we're looking for at these key positions? The defensive line, DeMarvin Leal, Isaiah Loudermilk, is is that their answer? Is Montrevious Adams the answer at nose tackle? I'm I'm not feeling great about that. Let me put it that way. Outside linebacker? I still, to this day, will say that if T.J. Watt's healthy and Alex Highsmith is healthy as well, they are the best duo, pass-rushing duo, in the NFL. I stand by that. I stand by it 100%. But what about behind him? Quincy Roche, he's a six-round pick of the Steelers, got picked up by the Giants, he played some, has some experience. Is he going to be a game-changer? Is he going to be that third rotational piece that everyone looks for? Probably not. Jameer Jones... No, he's good against the run, but he's not bringing anything as a pass rusher. Safety, Minka's awesome. DeMonte KZ, he had some flashes in his limited playing time last season. Who's the third? Trey Norwood? Seventh-round draft pick out of Oklahoma? I don't think so. I don't think so. You look at inside linebacker. While I did say I think that Alandon Roberts and Holcomb will be good, we have no idea about the progression of Mark Robinson, and we have no idea what they're going to do in terms of coverage in that scheme. Everyone said, well, what do they do if 
they got to get, you know, someone's got to cover a running back. Someone's got to cover a tight end. They, they, they go with multiple wide receivers. And you typically put out your sub package. Well, who's going to be the athletic interior player? Everyone said, well, that's going to be Trell Edmonds. Oh, <laughs> no, no, not now. Not now. That makes this worse. So you can see there, where's the depth? This is unlike the offense. When I talked about the offense on Wednesday, I talked about how now you think about the guard position. James Daniels, Mason Cole at center. You got, I would assume, uh, Suamalo, Isaac Suamalo on the left side. Okay, where's your depth? Okay, Kevin Dotson, Nate Herbig. You could even say Kendrick Green. Eh, I don't know about that, but still you could. Now you've got some proven depth. Someone goes down, we're fine. We can We can sustain this now. It's not that way on the defense. So there's a lot of people that will hear this, and they'll say, well, Jeff, you just said it. They have to get to the draft still. The draft is about a month away. That's what they have to do. They have to just make sure they make all these drafts. So, again, let's keep this in mind. The Steelers only have seven draft picks, and three of those are in round six and seven. They have two seventh-round picks and one sixth-round pick. You're just not going to find those type of players in those areas, yes, Trey Norwood is a seventh-round pick. Yes, Mark Robinson, seventh-round pick. I understand that. I'm not saying it's impossible. But you have a lot of issues on the defensive side of the ball. And what this is starting to set up, in my opinion, is the same thing that I've bemoaned for a while. That is that this cyclical offense draft, defense draft, offense draft, defense draft, Last season was predominantly offense. The year before that was predominantly offense. Now it looks like it's going to shift. And what it is is it turns into a roster that is always in flux and is always going back and forth the same way. The offense, the arrow is pointing up. The defense, I don't know. Right now I wouldn't say the arrow is pointing up. I'd say, if anything, it's just kind of stagnant. And so this isn't all about the Trell Edmonds signing. I want to make that very clear. But the Steelers are going to – they're putting themselves in a situation – where unless they find a free agent out there, and maybe that's something I need to look into, are free agent safety options that are still on the open market. Unless they're able to find one of those players, they're going to have to find some diamonds in the rough. They're going to have to find some players, maybe undrafted, like a Jalen Warren, that no one thought was going to be a, a decent player in the NFL and turns out to be a contributor right away. Unless they can find some players like that, it's going to be really difficult for that team to fill out this depth just with seven draft picks. Yes, it's exciting that they have three picks in the top 50. But at the same time, you can't just assume they're all going to go on the defensive side of the ball and that they're all going to be ready to play on day one. And you think about the team needs. There are offensive team needs still. You talk about the offensive tackle position. Some would say tight end with Zach Gentry still available. A lot of these things still have to be ironed out, but there's a lot of issues and concerns on the depth along the defense, and that's top to bottom. Now, this isn't just you know defensive front issues. This is we have no idea about the inside linebacker room that was completely revamped from the coach all the way down to the players. You have a safety tandem that that on paper looks really good with Minka and with Demonte KZ, but they without Terrell Edmonds, does Minka get to do what Minka does best? We don't know that. Cornerback, you lose Cam Sutton, you bring in Patrick Peterson. Are you clinging to the hope that Akello Witherspoon can return back to the 2021 form at the end of the season, which got him a two-year contract prior to 2022? Are you hoping that Levi Wallace can pick up where he left off at the end of 2022, having a pretty good season? There's just so many question marks. That's concerning for me. 
That is really concerning for me, if I'm being honest. So while I have a lot of optimism about the offense and the potential that resides within that group, I have a lot of concerns when it comes to the defensive side of the ball. Can they fix it? Absolutely. Can they make some more signings? Yes, there will still be signings. Something I'm going to talk with Jeremy Jerome Betts coming up here in the second half about how there are still free agent windows, not only leading up to the draft, but also after. So make sure you check that out. And hey, make sure you stay till the end of the show because we have a little heart to heart. All right, folks. We'll be right back after this break with the All Bets Rocks off segment. Stay tuned. All right, Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back from the break. It is Friday. It is the second half of the Let's Ride podcast. It means it's the All Bets Are Off segment with Jeremy Jerome Betts. What's up, Jeremy? How's it going? Uh, it's going good, man. I'm finally getting my voice back, finally starting to feel better. And, uh, you know, it's it's getting close to the draft, man. It's uh, almost less than a month or almost a month away. So uh, it's starting to get real. Yes, you can talk. That's a good thing. Very happy <laughs> right? about that. Yep. Uh, I know you felt horrible at the end of last Friday. You're like, oh my gosh, I can't even talk. But hey, you're right. back. I like it. I do have to bring up something that, you know, I listen to your Steelers Fix podcast, which runs every Tuesday at noon here on the Steel Curtain Network. Mm-hmm. And you, I'm pretty sure it was you, but I, you know, yeah. you and you and Andrew were going back and forth. You did not grade the, the Patrick Peterson pickup as very good. Am I right? In remembering this? Yeah, you're correct. You're correct. Yep. I was kind of surprised that you didn't, you weren't on board really. The, the, you know, that that's never, do you want to explain yourself? I mean, I, I felt sure. like you kind of did, yeah. but at the same time, like Andrew kind of walked you back a little bit. What grade did you give it? A D? A D plus? Yeah, I gave it a D plus just because, because of, well, several factors that I mentioned on the show, but the, the biggest thing was just the fit for the, for the Steelers. And it just, it didn't feel like a, a guy who um, could provide you the same type of versatility, maybe that you, that you had with Cam Sutton. It was a, it's a, it's a guy that kind of locks you into a specific style of defense, especially for the early portion of the year. If you're trying to bring a, a rookie cornerback along uh, on the opposite side, I, I like the player in Patrick Peterson. I think he's one, obviously one of the best corners uh, to ever play the game. But at this, this stage of his career, despite owning still some some decent athleticism, I just think he, he kind of pigeonholes the team on the defensive side of the ball into a specific look on defense. You're not going to be able to mix and match as many looks, especially if the team can't figure out a way to get Terrell Edmonds back in the fold. So, um you know, it's it's kind of a a pending, if you will. But at the initial outset, I was like, "Really, Patrick Peterson? I, I mean, I got to check and see. He was a free agent. I mean, really? <laughs> you know, this. Uh, so, you know, it just felt like when you lose Cam Sutton, you you start to think, "Oh, wow, we we've got to replace the type of player he is because he's what works for our defense." Maybe Mike Tomlin's like, you know what? I'm going to go after Patrick Peterson because now I can really just sit back and run my Tampa two like I like to do. And uh, uh, so, you know, 
I don't know what's going on thought process wise inside the building, obviously, because I'm not in there, but just on the surface level, it seemed more of a reactionary signing that really pigeonholed the team into a specific look on defense. Yeah, no, I just want to give you a chance to kind of explain yourself. If anyone listened to that podcast, they might mm-hmm. be like, well, you know, really like, I can't believe Jeremy said that. No, it's, it's good. It's, everyone's entitled to their opinion. But you brought up Strell Edmonds, and as of this being recorded, Strell Edmonds has not been signed by anyone. Remains yeah. a free agent. Now, could they have signed him by the time you're listening? It's, it's a possibility. But, you know, if you were a betting man, would you bet that the Steelers bring him back, or do you think he goes elsewhere? <laughs> I I would bet that they bring that they bring him back, but I felt pretty confident about Robert Spillane coming back too. So, um you know, don't follow my advice if, you, if you're actually going to bet something <laughs> like that. But um, no, because the Steelers know him best and he compliments Minka Fitzpatrick really well. And I think when you bring back uh, DeMonte Casey, you're, you're looking at a a defensive structure that um, that you really need your you really need to have a strong safety in because Casey uh, is not a strong safety. Um, yeah, he can come down in the box and be physical, but he's not big enough. He's not um he just can't handle the the tight ends and and the uh different roles that that Terrell Edmonds handles uh playing in the box and things like that and just the flexibility that you need. So, if I were to to bet on um whether or not if he gets signed by somebody it's the Steelers or somebody else, I bet Steelers still just because uh, you know, the market may not develop and then uh, he'll turn back around and say, all right, what you going to offer me? And they'll do something similar to last year. Um, I think he deserves a bigger contract. I think he is a better player than um, he gets a lot of credit for. And uh, but it is interesting to me that now we're we're a second a year into uh, his free agency market and there's literally nothing for him there. So uh, interesting to me and intriguing for a player that I think means a whole heck of a lot to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes, but you have to wonder if that, I guess you, the Steelers fans see it because they watch every game. Yeah. But it, the, the success that you speak of with the Steelers might not be able to be reciprocated to other teams he doesn't right. provide any splash. And that's, that's the biggest true. thing. Like when you're a safety, how did, how do people understand who you are from a safety perspective to me? And I'll ask you your take on it. There's two things, splash plays, i.e. Minka Fitzpatrick, right. Or you're crazy physical. Think Bob Sanders, yeah. or mm-hmm. you're both. And you're Troy Polamalu. We know that's rare, but still, yeah. what does Trell Edmonds do to me? He doesn't either. Now that doesn't mean he's not valuable to the Steelers, but he doesn't either. You agree or disagree? Yeah. I agree. He's the he's the Chuksakorafor of the defense. Um, <laughs> That's such a good that is yeah. such a good analogy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, when you don't hear about Terrell Edmonds, uh, you know, when you're not sitting there like, oh, come on, Edmonds, how'd you let that guy behind you? And that's, you know, the type of game he plays. He's not gonna make the big mistake, but he's also not gonna get in there and and you know make the big play typically either. Uh, I think if I remember correctly, his interceptions from 2021 were on tip passes. So he just yeah. right place, right time kind of guy. Um, if it gets lucky there. So, but I mean, yeah, it just, he kind of is like the, the unsung hero of the defense. And if you don't hear his name being called on the field, typically that means he's handling his role. Well, yes. And, and you know, he might be a guy 
You think about last year, and, and this is what he said. Take that for what it's worth. He said that, you know, Cincinnati was interested. I think there might have been another team that had been in conversations with him, and he chose to come back to Pittsburgh on that one-year yeah. deal. There, there are waves in free agency. You know, you, so you have that initial right. wave, which is super competitive, and everyone's trying to get the player that they deem to be that guy that they need, that missing piece of the puzzle. There is a second wave, typically before the NFL draft, Teams are trying to lock up their team needs, check all those boxes. But there is a third wave, and the third wave comes after the draft happens. Right. So Terrell Edmonds, he could easily sit back and say, you know what, I thought I would have a contract by now. I don't. I'm just going to wait. I'm just going to yeah. wait, and I'm going to wait and see who's that team that thought they were going to get a safety in the draft. They didn't. They need someone. Now I actually have some leverage. Do you think that's as if you were an agent, let me put it this way, Jeremy, if you were an agent, would you advise your player to do that? Or would you say, I think we need to get what we can while we, I think we can get what we can while we can. How would you handle that? Uh, Well, I think first off, you're, you're obviously looking at the type of player you're representing in that regard for Edmonds. I think he's, he's a proven guy at the NFL level. So I'd say, you know, if he's not getting offers, he, he really wants, um, before the draft, then yeah, sit back and wait. And then say the Steelers, you know, they, they've got a lot of needs, right? They've got a, a lot of more pressing needs probably than safety, especially since they did resign to Monte Casey. So, um, you know, you're looking at, let's see what happens here. The Steelers go through their draft. They pick a corner, they get a, a defensive lineman. They have to address offensive tackle at some point, maybe wide receiver tight end is even a possibility still, Um, so, you know, that's, you start listing off those positions and that's basically all the picks the Steelers have in the draft. And so Edmonds could, could easily sit back and say, you know what? Safety, not a priority for them right now to give me a contract that I like. Maybe I'll wait and see if, uh, you know, they don't get that safety. Maybe they're a little more desperate and they throw an extra couple hundred thousand my way or whatever, whatever he wants. So, uh, I think it could be a good strategy. Absolutely. So, while we're talking about safeties, I think this is a really good segue. When you look at this upcoming NFL draft, yeah, how would you describe the safety class? I mean, I, I can't think of a class in recent memory. Yeah, that was Kyle Hamilton last year. Yeah. There really haven't been those classes where, like, man, this this safety group, watch out. Like, they've got some big-time players in it. Um, I haven't – I can't remember a class like that, but what would this – what does this class look like? This class is very interesting because it's a lot of smaller guys. It's um, it's a lot of guys right around that 190, 200 pound range. And I mean, you're seeing cornerbacks at that weight these days. So um, safeties are getting smaller. A lot of them are nickel guys. Brian Branch from Alabama. Yeah, he can go uh, drop back as, as your deep safety, but um, he's best when he's up in the nickel uh, playing slot receivers and, and covering tight ends. And you get a lot of those guys, JL Skinner um, from Boise State. Um, there's a couple guys that kind of stick out as this guy's a, a box safety. Uh, I, I would say um, Sidney Brown out of Illinois. Andrew Wilbar is really high on him. He can he can play in the box. He's a physical brand of safety. There's some other guys that are a little bigger, but for the most part, yeah, you're looking at you're looking at nickel coverage guys, um, versatility type guys. And uh, it's not as defined a role as it once was. And I think that that has to do with the complexity of passing 
games at the collegiate level uh, and obviously the NFL level as well. You see a lot of more, uh, a lot more teams disguising their coverages and, and using players in multiple roles across the defense. And so you don't get these super specialized players as much anymore. You can kind of see that at the inside linebacker position in this draft class as well. So I would say, I agree with you. It's, it's a very unique class because you don't have a lot of traditional, uh, I'm a strong safety or I'm a free safety. Um, and that's what I play. You don't have a lot of those in this draft, especially at the top. So you said that Andrew likes uh, the, the safety from Illinois. Yes. Is there any safety that you see in this mm. class that kind of fits what the Steelers need, knowing that DeMonte Casey is signed? He's he, It hasn't been made official as of this being recorded, but right. he is reportedly going to be under contract on a two-year deal. Knowing what he brings, you know what Minka Fitzpatrick brings. Is there a safety that you see in this class that the Steelers could say, look, we're not bringing back Edmonds. We're going to go get this guy. <laughs> that's a dangerous game in, in, in my opinion, um, because I don't necessarily have anyone that I've really fallen in love with last year. It was Nick cross out of Maryland. And I thought he was a guy who could play a physical brand of football in the box and be that type of player for the Steelers. Um, but he ended up going to the Colts in the draft, uh, much to my chagrin, but, uh, you know, you've got guys like, let's see here. Um, Christopher Smith out of Georgia. Let me talk about him a little bit because he kind of flies under the radar for some of these Georgia guys that have been coming out the last few years that are just really good. And it's because he's a, he is a Terrell Edmonds kind of player. Um, he's not super flashy. He's not making um, the big splash plays all the time, but what he is is a solid run supporter, a uh, solid covered guy in coverage on tight ends. He reads the field. Well, he knows his role. He's one of the very few guys that that can be a um, specified role safety. And so uh, Christopher Smith kind of fits that for me. Um, Ronnie Hickman out of Ohio State. Um, he can play in that that nickel slot, but he's really a, a free safety. And, um, you know, he, he kind of settles in in that regard as well. But outside of those guys, that's the only two guys really in the top 10 on – really any list that you can look at that you're like, man, this, this guy is, is a, is a role player safety. So um, I would say somebody like Smith could be on the Steelers radar in the third or fourth round. If he, if he were to be there and uh, it would not surprise me at all. If the Steelers make a move that way, especially if they haven't addressed that strong safety quote unquote position um, at that time. Okay. Assuming that's not your prospect of the week. I, I want to get to that in a second. I want to ask sure. you first, what are your thoughts on, you know, you've been following the pro day circuit. You've been following mm -hmm. where Mike Tomlin has been going. So have Omar Khan and the crew. Anything surprised yep. you out there? Um, not really. I mean, they're making their, their typical rounds. I think maybe, maybe the one that surprised me the most was the Iowa pro day. Were um, they not there or were they, they there? were, no, they were there uh, for oh, okay. Iowa. And if you look at the guys um, coming out from Iowa, you've got Lucas Van Ness, who is an edge rusher. Um, and I think gets silly comps to TJ Watt because TJ Watt coming out of, out of college was 245 pounds. And this dude is like 270 pounds. So he's not even 
roughly near the same type of player. He plays more of a five technique and um, TJ Watts really a straight up linebacker, outside linebacker. So uh, definitely a lot different. But, um, you know, that one surprised me a little bit because it's like they, they don't typically go to these pro days, um, Tomlin and, and Khan, unless they're looking at a guy for um, maybe a first round pick. Uh, specifically. So that tells me that they've got some interest in this guy. And uh, that tells me that maybe they're more open to a, a best player available approach in the first round. Um, maybe seeing the writing on the wall a little bit that maybe these corners are gone. Maybe these tackles are gone and we're going to have to go a different direction at 17 than we uh, might've thought uh, originally. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the ESPN mock drafts, we talked about Todd McShay and how, He's kind of been like, oh, well, the Steelers are going to take a corner no matter what. So who's the next corner? And right. Mel Kuyper did the same flipping thing in his yeah. mock draft this past week where five corners, I think, were off the board. And the Steelers are like, yeah, we'll just take this guy from Maryland. I just don't <laughs> see them doing that. But I do right. want to ask real quick because it's on the top of my head. What is the depth like at cornerback? Is this a very top-heavy group where the top four or five are legit, and then after that it just drops off a cliff? Or if the Steelers were to bypass corner at 17, is there a player that has a significant value, could play year or could play as a rookie that it at 32 or 49? What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Um, if I'm just looking at so if you just eliminate right off the bat your top three guys, your uh, Christian Gonzalez, Devin Witherspoon, and Joey Porter Jr. I'm counting Deontay Banks, Cam Smith, um, Keely Ringo, Clark Phillips III, Darius Rush, Jacorian Bennett, Caillou Blue Kelly, DJ Turner. Um, there's several guys in that in that second, third, fourth round range that could work their way into the starting lineup really quickly. Um, I didn't even get to. Oh, let's see. I was looking. Uh, d did I say Darius Rush? I don't know if I said Darius Rush or not, but okay, yeah, out of South Carolina. Uh, the two South Carolina guys, obviously, um, really good players. But Steelers go um, defensive line in round one. Maybe they go after uh, Mozzie Smith out of Michigan, or Brian Breesy falls down uh, to them at seventeen from Clemson, and they are comfortable with his uh, medicals and they make that play, then yeah, they've got plenty of options at cornerback uh, with either of those two second round picks that I would feel comfortable with coming in and, and having a role early. That's good to know. Good to know. All right. Who's your prospect of the week? So I've got, it's, it's actually a cornerback and uh, I'm going to talk about um, DJ Turner out of Michigan, because if you go through the mock drafts, um, and you go through a lot of the simulators, he's for some reason pushed like way down these lists of, of cornerbacks. Um, but Jeff, I don't know if you know anything about his combine performance, but he had the fastest 40 at the combine. Um, he's a, he's a thicker dude too. He's, he's built really well. Um, like five eleven, I think six foot and 185 pounds, 190 pounds. So, um, you know, he's, he's a solidly built guy and, and he just plays with a physicality that the Steelers would love um, coming down into the box. He is an impressive run stopper. Um, and then obviously has the speed to hang with anyone. And when you, when you play in the AFC, you've got to, you've got to think about all these 
um, these wide receivers, your, your Jamar chases, your Stefan Diggs, your, um, uh, let's see, I'll, I'll go back in the division. Your, your T Higgins, you know, guys like that, that, um, stand out as big time players at the wide receiver position with speed and then quarterbacks that can hit them forever down the field. You need a guy that can just hang with these guys. And DJ Turner is that guy. And you can probably get him cheaper than that first round pick. If, if a guy is not, not there, you could probably get him, uh, in the, at that 49th pick. Um, and, and have a guy who could, uh, start for you pretty quickly. He he's a guy that a lot of teams and scouts are higher on than you see in the in the media and uh, in the high profile uh, names coming out. So I would say turn on some DJ Turner tape, um, mm. and that's coming from an Ohio State fan. I know uh, for a Michigan player, this guy is impressive to watch. He really is, and that speed is is real. Uh, four two. Six, I think it was at the combine, and it, it you see it on tape. All right, uh, I will check that out. Thank you very much, Jeremy. As always, why don't you tell people what you have cooking on the Steelers fix next week, as well yeah. as at the website? Yeah, we're gonna have several interviews um, rolling on the Steelers fix uh, this coming week. Some prospect interviews, so that's gonna be uh, fantastic. We've got a special guest coming up in April that I'm not gonna spill the beans on yet, but as we get closer, Jeff, I might announce that as well. Um, so stay tuned to the Steelers fix. We got a lot of, of guests coming on and a lot of draft content coming your way as the draft inches ever closer. And then on the editorial side, um, Andrew and I are going to actually, uh, do a write up of our grades for the, uh, from the Steelers fix for the, uh, free agent acquisitions. So look, be looking for that. And then I believe I have a top five, um, prospects list by position out on the website as well so check that out you can follow me on twitter at the bets 93 t-h-e-b-e-t-z 93 all right jeremy as always thank you very much for your time and we'll talk to you next week thank you man have a good one all right you too all right sealer fans big thanks to jeremy he takes the time every i'm just glad he could talk this week yeah last week man it was rough that was rough going but i'm glad he was able to get through it glad he's feeling better let's finish this off with a little heart to heart like we always do this is an open-ended question to you, the ride or die crew, to you, the listener. And this is something that I just want you to start thinking about in your head. What are your expectations for the Steelers in 2023? Think about that for a second. You know, if you're listening in your car, on the commute, on a train, on a treadmill, walking, doesn't matter where you're listening, when you're listening. What are your expectations for the Steelers in 2023? Think about it from a record standpoint. We know the opponents. We know the location. We don't know the actual weeks, times, prime time, etc. We don't know that yet. But we know the schedule. Think about overall success in terms of is playoffs expectation? Winning a playoff game an expectation? This is something that is a good exercise to do in the offseason. Think about some of these things, the minutia of the team, and to think about where you are putting your expectations. Are you maybe a fan that goes out and says, it's Super Bowl or bust every year. This team was built on Lombardi trophies, not participation trophies. Hey, you're entitled to that opinion. Uh, that's not realistic. I mean, all, all these years since 1933 and only six Super Bowls, that tells you all you need to know about how difficult it is to win a Lombardi trophy. But maybe that is your expectation, and that's fine. That's where we have to go. We have to narrow our focus on those expectations 
And then I want to talk about that a little bit next week as well, about the expectations with the Steelers in 2023. All right, that does it for me. That's a wrap for the week. It's been a good week. I'm really excited for what's to come, both with the Steelers, both with Steel Curtain Network, and with FFSN. So make sure you stay tuned on all of our social platforms. Follow us on Facebook, especially. I'm trying to get over 100 by the end of the weekend. We're closer, around 70, I think. Give us a give us a like and a follow on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, Steel Curtain Network. You find us, and uh, we appreciate it. And as always, you know how we finished out here, right? Be safe. Be kind. God bless. Have a great rest of your weekend. I'll see you back on Monday with a Monday morning conversation. Go Steelers. Yeah.